Hello, welcome to This Week in the Atlantic Coast Conference, the podcast for allsportsdiscussion.com. This is Jeff. You can follow me on Twitter at TalkinACCSports. The podcast moderator is Matthew, and you can follow him at HokieSmash underscore ASD. I'm going to turn it over to Matthew now as we get a word from our sponsor. Okay, this podcast is sponsored by Main Street Pharmacy in Blacksburg, Virginia at 301 South Main Street, Suite 107, Blacksburg, Virginia, 24060. You can follow Main Street Pharmacy on Twitter at at Main Street Farm. That's at M-A-I-N-S-T-R-E-E-T-P-H-A-R-M. Um, one moment here. I want to check to see if our guest is, uh, I haven't seen him log in yet on, on our end. Uh, so give us a moment here. I want to see if he can, I want to see if I, I don't see him here yet. Give me just a moment here, man. Give me just a moment here. All right, well, Matthew's uh, taking a look at that, trying to um, get our guest online. A couple quick things. Um, we're going to be talking about one of, you know, one of the more underrated sporting events that's out there. And I'm by no means an expert when it comes to college hockey. So the Frozen Four is something that I always enjoy because I get educated from, from Matthew and our guest uh, on this each year um but another you know another huge event going on at the moment is the ncaa basketball tournament and we're going to get into this uh during the course of the podcast but um we've got duke and north carolina in the final four matchup uh playing on saturday night in the second game they're joined by villanova and and Kansas in the opening game. And that is just going to be an epic final four blue bloods. I mean, uh, that's a blue blood final four right there. And uh, I see Will on now. So we're going to get into the final four and then, I mean, into the frozen four and talk some final four uh, during the course of the podcast here in a little bit. Will, man, welcome to the all sports discussion ACC podcast. Yes. We have Will Ogden in here tonight from ACC Nation. You can follow him on Twitter at, at Will's World MN and the ACC Nation account at, at ACC Nation. And we step out of the ACC this week for one of the best sporting events in the country. College hockey is on the center stage this week. We got some special guests on the show. And I shouldn't say this week. It's going to be the follow, following week, following weekend because because the uh, the national the final final four men's basketball uh, tournament is this upcoming weekend. So it'll be two weeks from two weeks from this past Saturday. But college hockey will be on the center stage, and we actually have Will on the show here right before that Frozen Four begins, which is pretty cool. Which is pretty cool, and we are thrilled to have him back on the show. So, Will, before we start and have you introduce yourself, I do have a quick question for you. Yes, go ahead. 
did you know that Mike London was a detective? Yeah. <laughs> Drink. <laughs> All right. I figured. <laughs> I always have to start that. <laughs> Anytime start I'm on the podcast, that, that question has to get brought up, whether you do it or I do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> It's an That's insight. Right. I mean, everyone, anyone who knows, uh, like what what's going on, you know, the the, the if go back to the Mike London days, knows what's up. But I, this has been going on for quite a few years, right? <laughs> it's been fun. It is fun, fun, fun. All right, well, tell us about yourself, man, and anything that you want to block, plug. The floor is yours. Awesome. Well, again, thank you guys for having me on. It's been a while. I think this is the first time I've been on the show since uh, you guys switched over to this new format. And I got to say, much better. I'm glad you guys made this transition. Um, so yeah, for those of you who are not familiar with me, uh, I'm Will Ogenen. I, work, I uh, write and podcast for ACC Nation. Uh, we are just like these guys, we are podcast dedicated to coverage of, AC, of the ACC. Um, we, we also have guests on, you know, every every week or so. Sometimes the two, Jim and I, Jim Quist, who's the other guy I podcast with, we'll just go back and forth for a little while and uh, have a have a, talk about whatever's going on. But yeah, I uh, I live in the Twin Cities in the suburbs of Minneapolis. Uh, I am originally from Virginia. That's kind of where I get my ACC fandom from of people who follow me on Twitter and are listening, wondering how, what's it do to Minnesota doing talking ACC sports. That's why I'm from, I'm from Virginia originally. Uh, you know, I grew up uh, for, you know, rooting for UVA. Uh, my, my earliest memories of college football was the 1990 Virginia team that spent a week at number one. Um, and ever since, even after I've moved to Minnesota, I've kind of kept that fandom, but obviously Living in Minnesota, hockey is a big deal, and you know I'm you know we just had the high school hockey tournaments here a couple of weeks ago that was literally filling the XL Energy Center. So you were getting eighteen thousand people into an arena for a high school hockey game, um, and obviously we're going to be talking college hockey, which is obviously a huge deal deal here in Minnesota. We'll get into that a little more as uh, the podcast goes on, but yeah, I'm uh, you know happy to be here as usual, guys. Happy to have you here, man. Happy to have you here. So, it is cool that the Frozen Four is returning to Boston. I mean, yeah. I think of when I think of uh, Boston, I think of a, a hockey city, and I love, and and I really do feel like that. Uh, you know, the these Frozen Four events need to be held in in cities where hockey is a big deal, and Boston definitely fits that mold obviously they they have you know two uh hockey programs in bu and bc right there in, in the area uh, obviously the bruins are a big deal there so yeah definitely definitely thumbs up for boston okay man so give us your hobie baker winner this is the award that goes to the top player in college hockey it's hockey's heisman trophy essentially yeah so this one was a little tough this year. I mean, they usually when they do this, they, they cut it down to three and they stay, they won't do that for a few more days. So this, they have their top 10 right now. I think it's a pretty wide open field this year. Um, I've, I've got a, a, a forward and a goalie that I think are in the discussion. Uh, first one, uh, Bobby Brink, who, who plays for Denver, 
He's averaging over an assist per game. I think he's having like 40, 42 assists in 39 games, has averaging almost a point and a half per game. Uh, that's obviously pretty impressive. And then for a goaltender, I went with Dryden McKay from Mankato. A uh, guy is just absolutely tearing it up and was one of the biggest reasons Mankato's in the Frozen Four this year. He's 34 and 4 on the year, a goal a goals against average of 1.28 a 93% save percentage, nine shutouts. He's been a, in the top 10 for the Hobie Baker the last three years. And the, what might be the most uh, stunning thing of it all is he's undrafted. Nobody's drafted him. So literally, as soon as the season ends, he could go play, he could go sign wherever he wants. Definitely, definitely. That is pretty, that's, that's actually very impressive, very impressive too. All right, man, so... Right before this podcast began, the Frozen Four was solidified. Give us your thoughts uh, thoughts on the fee- on the field here, Will. Yeah, literally just before we started here, um, and I missed a step along the way, so I kind of del- so it delayed us a little bit. That's my fault, but uh, so yeah, Michigan is just literally before before this started. Um, clenched the the last spot in the frozen four this is their first uh, frozen four since 2018 they've not won the, the hockey championship since 1998 um minnesota the golden gophers are in it this is their first frozen four since 2014 uh bob Motsko, their their coaches ma- makes his second this is the first since 2013 when he was at st cloud state minnesota hasn't won the the championship since 2003 uh, also, we have Denver, the Pioneers making their first Frozen Four since 2019 and uh, won it in 2017. And lastly, Minnesota State Mankato. It, this is their, they've made back-to-back Frozen Fours. Um, and I, th- I think it's really a, a really cool deal when you look at Mankato. I mean, Mankato, Minnesota is literally a college town. To kind of put it in perspective, like the size of Mankato, you could fit the entire city of Mankato in the big house at the University of Michigan, and you wouldn't even fill it halfway. Mankato's population is like forty-five thousand people. It, it's not a big. It's it's a bit. It's a decent-sized city, but the suburb of the Twin Cities I live in is bigger, is is higher population than, than Mankato. So it's a really cool deal to see a smaller city get get on such a huge scale. So. This is going to be a really good Final Four. I know Matthew's kind of gushing over the fact that we have three former WCHA teams in it, <laughs> and uh, and obviously Michigan. So, I, I, I it's a really solid field. Obviously, you know Michigan's one of the be- has been probably the most talented team of all the four that are in it. Obviously, Minnesota won the Big Ten this year. Denver and Mankato, and Mankato's been one of the best programs as well uh, over this entire season. Denver's been really good over the last several years, too. I mean, it is really an incredible field. I think what's been really impressive to me, and you and I have talked about this, Mankato State just seems to be ripping up everybody they play. Mm -hmm. And and like I said, Dryden McKay, their goaltender, just been an absolute stud this year. And when you 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 get to this point of the season, you really need to hide – Right, a hot goalie, and he has been just downright awesome for them. (sighs) 
Can you hear me now? Yes, oh, yes, God, yes. Oh, accidentally <laughs> on mute. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Sorry. Here we are in the pandemic. All right. Yes. So it happens to be all the time on Zoom. Mm-hmm. On Zoom. Please give us your your the semifinal winners, Will, and please give us the final winner. Oh, man, this is t- I think Michigan's going to be Denver. I, I think that's I, I don't want that to happen. But like I said, Michigan, I think, is probably the most talented team of all the ones of all the teams in the Frozen Four. I think they'll be Denver. But by no mind, no, I can't talk by no means. Is this going to be like a, a, you know, a blowout or anything? I, I do. Denver will be competitive. They're going to be up for this game. Absolutely. As far as Minnesota versus Minnesota State Mankato, I am very torn on this one, Matthew. Um, obviously, you know, being local to the Twin Cities, you know, I, I, I root for the Gophers. I want them to do well, but absolutely have no issue with Mankato winning, you know, winning and getting to the championship game. I mean, of all the four teams that are in, Mankato is the only one that has yet to win a championship. I mean, they've been in the Frozen Four a couple of times. Um, they're just an out, you know, they've been one of the better programs, like I said, in college hockey over the last few years. I'm, I'm leaning, I might lean towards Mankato in the, in that, but I still think Michigan is going to end up winning the title because like I said, I'm, I look at this as a prop. They're the most talented team. I think they have, they have quite a few players who either are currently drafted or will be drafted and we'll we'll put me on maybe in the first round of this upcoming draft so they're they're pretty loaded and i think they're gonna they're gonna end up taking it i think that's a fair statement yeah i mean it is really one of the more talented michigan teams i've ever seen i've ever seen uh it's just it's interesting when they talk you talk about the disparity of resources here let's say michigan and michigan and mankato state are in the final the athletic budget that Michigan has just dwarfs what Mankato State exactly. Has. I mean, and it's so that's sort of a David versus Goliath kind of matchup because you basically have another team that is that is. Correct me if I'm wrong, Will. I think Mankato State is still Division Two in every other sport. I believe so. Yes, and it basically to kind of put this in. Uh in sort of the NCAA basketball tournament situation, this is kind of like Kentucky versus St. Peter's like in terms of budget. Oh, absolutely. I, I actually think, I actually think that Mankato state will give them everything that they, everything mm-hmm. that they can handle in that game. And I'm sure you do too. I mean, because they are, they may not be as talented, but they're, they're, they're older and they're experienced and they're not going to make mistakes. Yeah, exactly. They're kind of they're kind of to put this, you know, into ACC terms. They're kind of Wake Forest footballish, and then that they they get there, they you know they they will you know redshirt grow, you know they'll grow old, and by the time they're twenty two years old, they're they're going to be ready to go. And you know, say this is a really really good roster. They're like the epitome of a team. Absolutely, absolutely. What are some of your favorite Frozen Four sites, Will? Well, obviously, being biased to the Twin Cities, I love St. Paul being the hosting the Frozen Four. I know you've you've come up for it a few times, Matthew. Um, I believe we have met up during the Frozen Four. Yes, uh, once or we twice. sure have. Yep, 
I'm trying to remember my, my timelines and every time we've met up, but uh, yes, we, yep. St. Paul, obviously a great time. I know you come in from, from Fargo when you go to Fargo, you go to Fargo to visit family and then you'll come down for it. Um, uh, so yeah, this is a great one. I like say Boston and where it is this year. I'm a big fan of, I like, I like it up in that area, up in the New England area too. Um, eventually, I think I think we could start seeing some Frozen Fours out in the West. I don't I don't remember where the the future Frozen Four sites are off the top of my head, but I think eventually they might try to um, get it out west. Um, I do I do think it's think it's yeah I've got it right here in front of me now. Yeah, twenty twenty six they're actually going to do it at. Uh, T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas, but yes, yep, twenty, yep. Next year they're going to Tampa. I don't know. Twenty twenty four they're coming back here to St. Paul. Twenty twenty five they're going to be in St. Louis, which is fine. You know that's a that's a hockey town. Obviously St. Louis has been really good at the Blues. Uh, they just don't have a a high. I don't think they have a hockey team off the top of my head. But yeah, so twenty twenty six they're going to be in T-Mobile, and I think that's fine. You, I think. And this will get into uh, something. I think I think this is you know their ploy to try to get the college hockey game to you know be more of a bigger deal out west. I'm with you, and I and I, I think having it in Vegas is great. And I'm telling you, I, I have a pretty good idea on where I think the next college hockey team should be. But I'm going to drop the floor for you. I wonder if we're kind of in the same boat here. Um, I had two two possible answers for this because you know, obviously the Big Ten has hockey, but only six of its actual teams play hockey. And obviously Notre Dame plays in the Big Ten as well. I wonder if one of these other programs that doesn't have college hockey, like an in Indiana, Illinois, Northwestern maybe, uh, would eventually start a you know a hockey program. But then the other one, and you, I think we might be on the same pages. Is I think Vegas, UNLV, might be uh, a, a potential program for for starting up a college hockey because we have T-Mobile. You know, you've got T-Mobile right there. You got Vegas is becoming a, a hotbed for hockey uh, with the with the Golden Knights obviously being a big deal, and we're now we're seeing the Frozen Four um, coming in a few years. And I think another, I wonder if they might try to get it out in Washington state eventually, because there you seeing, go. Yep. We were seeing obviously the Seattle Kraken in its debut season. Um, you know, maybe the university of Washington tries it. I think eventually we got to get uh, some of, some of these college hockey programs out West to get going. We obviously have Arizona state, you know, in the, you know, playing and as, as an independent right now, I think they would like to see more teams, you know, out west so they could start their own conference and not have to travel all over the country. University of Washington was one that I was thinking of right away. Bingo. Because because they could share the arena with the the NHL team in Seattle. Mm -hmm. And I thought you brought up a really good point of uh, bringing up a really good point. Oh, can you do me a favor, Will? Put yourself on mute here for a moment. Uh, um, got to figure out how to do that. <laughs> <okay>. <laughs> There's a button in the corner, but in the bottom corner on, on the, on the, uh, on, there you go. <laughs> uh, the, uh, but there's a perfect, um, I, I thought you brought up a perfect, uh, perfect idea of, of Chicago, of, of Illinois, because they could actually, 
there could be an opportunity for them to uh, eventually become a host for turn for regional tournaments in in the city of Chicago for uh, at the Blackhawk Blackhawks arena because that's what happens for a lot of these a lot of these college teams if there's an NHL team close close by in the geographic area then they can uh, then they can uh, then then they can be like hosts for tournaments and that's kind of how you grow the sport but I thought you're I thought you brought up a great idea of those Big Ten teams because they're making a lot of cash right now. I don't know if you guys saw that article. I can't think. I think it was from Matt Brown on, uh, and and it's something that kind of depresses me a little bit <laughs> as we get to these as we get to these uh, get to the uh, get to some ACC questions here. But about the disparities in revenue between between the uh, Big Ten, the SEC, and the ACC, and so that uh, I think you're right. You knocked it out of the park there. I think when you said that that could come from a Big Ten school because of the revenue revenue issues that are coming there. Jeff, you're up, buddy. Question time for you. All right, thanks, Matthew. All right, well, let's get into the ACC and the NCAA basketball tournament. At this time last year, the ACC had been uh, eliminated after the Sweet 16 with Florida State and Syracuse going down but this year regardless of what happens uh this upcoming weekend the, the ACC resumed its customary spot at the top of college basketball and and then they dominated the NCAA tournament there's no question about it 13 wins knocking off one seeds two seeds two teams in the final four with Duke and North Carolina three teams in the elite eight I mean it was kind of kind of what we're used to here what what are your thoughts on what what transpired um, through the tournament, Will? Well, starting with the beginning, I thought it was I was a little bit surprised Notre Dame got in. I kind of thought they might, um, but I'm glad they got in. Obviously, they had a great uh, playing game with Rutgers that went down to the to the end. Um, great game. Uh, obviously, won a game in the tournament, uh, beat Alabama, and a little bit of an upset. Uh, I was a little surprised they did because I thought Alabama was, was going to play better, but they've been so up and down all season. Obviously take, they gave Texas tech a great game um, in the second round before losing. Uh, we saw Virginia tech with a, you know, plow through the ACC tournament and blow pretty much or other than, other than that uh, last second buzzer beater to be Clemson in the ACC tournament, they blew everybody else out. And then, you know, they, they had a tough matchup in, in the first round against Texas and, yeah, I I admittedly picked them in my bracket, but they they just they they struggled to shoot in that game, and that was a, a kind of a credit to Chris Beard and what he can do with uh, with the ACC. But um, obviously, we've got Miami who made it made a great run to the Elite Eight, and I know Jeff, you uh, posted a column you know earlier talking about you know their their run and how night nice, how great it was, and yeah, I I hundred percent agree. I don't think anybody would have thought when this thing started that they would have made the, the elite eight, but it really just shows you where guard play can take you right now. When you see, you know, the, what the addition of Charlie Moore did for them both on both ends of the court, obviously a really good ball handler and shooter, but a great defender. Um, Cam Augusti came over from Oklahoma. He's been a really, he's been a really nice complimentary piece as well. And I, and you know, they, Isaiah Wong's been a really solid player for them for a few years. He's just kind of had to shoulder the shoulder the the bulk of the work by himself. 
and getting guys like McGusty and Moore have been huge for the for the the Hurricanes and obviously seeing you know great development from Sam Wardenberg as well. We had a pretty nice tournament, but you know I think that was I think what happened in the Elite Eight game was just you know Bill Self being among the elite elite coaches in in the country with what the adjustments he made in the second half to basically blow this game wide open. I know they held Miami to less than 20 points in the second half. And that was just a pretty masterful job. But like you said, great season by Miami, nothing to be ashamed about. They did, they did a great job. And obviously we saw North Carolina, you know, and make it in as in the eight, nine game. And seeing what they did last, last Saturday, going up 25 on Baylor, blowing the lead, then uh, needing overtime to win. Then just tearing through uh, the the you know the the second weekend having a pretty good game with UCLA, um, and then obviously ending St. Peter's magical run uh, on the on Sunday. But I think one of the things that really stands out is when you look at uh, just where this team has come from since that loss to uh, Pittsburgh since February seventeenth. This is from BartTorvik.com. North Carolina is the second best team in the country, only behind Texas Tech. And that's a real close, real close in terms of the numbers. So it tells you just how good North Carolina has been playing uh, over the last month and, and like two weeks, basically. There is nothing there that they're, you know, to believe that, that they can't give Duke a game. And Duke, obviously. Guys, did you know Mike Shashevsky's retiring? <laughs> Had to get one. <laughs> Had to get that one in. Um, but yeah, like so yeah. yes, <laughs> because, you know, we haven't heard it enough. Um, I was actually a little surprised that with the way they handled Texas Tech in the Sweet 16. I thought Texas Tech's defense would would give them a lot of fits, and it did the first few minutes of the game. But I think this is where Mike Krzyzewski has proven that he is the greatest college basketball coach of all time. Love him or hate him just the adjustments he made throughout, you know, throughout that game to, you know, get, get Duke in a position to win that game. And just, you know, having such a great game for Jeremy Roach uh, and just being able to, you know, get it, get everything. You see Mark Williams, you know, be just an absolute force in the middle on both ends of the court. Paolo Bancaro has been really, really good. Wendell Morse had a real nice tournament too. Um, the obviously the Arkansas game, it just, they, got their best players in the foul trouble. And that was just a situation where they just, the talent was just too much for Arkansas. So yeah, like, and obviously triangle media is going to have themselves a week with uh, all the, the coverage of these two teams. And obviously on the women's side, Hey, North Carolina state has a shot to go to the final four uh, as well. So <laughs> great week for basketball in the triangle, but um it, you know, it's it's great to see, but I, I, I'm kind of one of those people who also sees, you know, all these people who are like, oh, maybe the ACC wasn't so bad. You know, I, I kind of watched ACC basketball a lot this year. I mean, I watched Virginia lose to Navy. I watched them lose to James Madison. I've seen them get blown out by some pretty bad teams. Um, Pitt, you know, we've seen all these teams that were just really bad this year. It was not that good as a whole, but we have the these teams like like you say, Duke 
is all you know is the most one of the most talented teams in the country. Carolina got their act together, you know, once they you know once they suffered a bad loss and have been playing like one of the best teams in the country. Miami, they are you know they had really guard, good guard play, but they ran into some bad matchups. These are there are some really good teams, but as a whole, it was not very good. Now, I would say I should say, like as far as just uh, if they were the most if they were a qualified team, I think Wake Forest should have made the tournament. They just didn't have the resume to do so, just because you know, like at the beginning of the season, nobody knew Wake Forest was going to be in the position. Who would have thought they would have had the ACC Player of the Year? Who would have thought they would have had the ACC Coach of the Year? They probably were one of the, the you know thirty best you know at large teams just on talent. They just didn't have the resume to get there. Oh well, they showed they showed they were a really good team in the NIT, made it to the quarterfinals. Uh, same with Virginia, you know, made it through the quarterfinals um, despite being one of the worst shooting teams I've ever seen. Um, so I and I do I really do like the the future of ACC basketball going into the 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 twenty two twenty three season. Um, you know, obviously we're going to have huge question marks of, of around Duke with, with coach K gone. Um, I, I really do think the, the, the future of the ACC would be really bright. And I don't think we're going to be saying these same things this year or later this, this fall and winter going into the next season. All right. Yeah. Very well said, Will. And, and your comments there about the ACC and its, and its future is something that, that I want to hit on during my open mic, uh, time. So, Matthew, I'm going to turn it over to you uh, as we get uh, near closing out the podcast. Sure, sure. It's open microphone time. Will, what do you got? So, all three of us are fans of ACC football teams who are going to fi- who are likely going to finish at the middle or bottom of the league of, of our of our divisions. Um, I'm really inter- interesting now that we're getting in the spring ball, obviously, Jeff, the uh, Yellow Jackets just had their spring game. Our, our Matthew yours is coming up. Our you know, Virginia's is coming up. And we obviously, we both have new head coaches, a whole lot new. I'm, I'm really excited to see what ACC football is like this season, especially on the coastal side, because it's going to be so wide open. And, you know, I'll be, I'll be, you know, on in a couple of months to, talk more about it with you guys once we get a better idea what the spring game's like. But, you know, this, this Virginia team has obviously Brennan Armstrong is among the best quarterbacks in the league. They're loaded at wide receiver with, with Dontavian Wicks back, you know, we'll have Keaton Thompson for another year. Lavelle Davis will be healthy, but that defense, you know, the offensive line was ravaged by transfers and graduations. The defense was just abysmal. I like. I thought there was a point last year. I thought I could have run for 100 yards on Virginia's defense, and that's saying something for somebody who's 40 years old. But uh, um, obviously, we're seeing we have all these new coaches, and I think they're all you know really strong hires with uh, Brent Pry of Virginia Tech, Mike Elko. I really, I really think he's going to do good things for Duke. Uh, we obviously Jeff. I hate to say, it, but I, I, I don't think Jeff Collins is going to make it through the season. Uh, just a you know, I just don't see between the the lack of talent and the brutal schedule. I just don't, I don't see, I don't see Jeff Collins making it through this season. I'm very curious to see. Uh, Nobody how, does. Will <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious to see how Pitt, you know, Pitt's offense is gonna 
go with obviously a new offensive coordinator, uh, Keegan Slovis at quarterback, obviously Miami with Mario Cristobal. I'm, I think he's, you know, he's going to do real good things there, but he also has a tendency to wear people out. So I'm curious to see what, how long that whole thing's going to work. And if he can keep the momentum going, obviously Tyler Van Dyke is a really good quarterback, but they have questions at the skill positions and, you know, on the, and some other parts of the ball, but I think they will be pretty good on defense, but the Atlantic is also really good too, because you have obviously, you know, Clemson, he's got a ton of question marks with both their coordinators gone. Um, Wake Forest still has Sam Hartman for something like his 11th or 12th year. I'm really high on NC State this year. I think they could win the league as a whole. I'm, I'm really high on them just because they what they're returning. It's it's going to be a really good year, and I'm I'm excited to see what ACC football you know, is in st- what's in store, and obviously excited to see what the the various people you have on to start previewing the season have to say too. Very good, Jeff. You're up, bud. Yeah, I want to I want to get into a little bit about what Will said because I totally uh, and completely agree with him that I, I think the future of ACC basketball is really, it's really bright. I mean, if this, if this was a down year for the ACC, um, you know, the way they performed in the AC, NCAA tournament, I mean, this, this was a down year and, 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 you know, they still perform better than any other conference during, during the postseason. But I mean, that doesn't completely erase uh, some of what happened uh, in November and December they were a slew of, of their of ugly losses. Uh, you know, one ranked team during during the most of the season, uh, that being Duke. But when when you look a little, you know, deeper, um, you know, and it all comes down to wins and losses. You know, a handful of games maybe go a different direction, and it could have changed the perception of the league going into January. You know, during the ACC Big Ten Challenge. Um, it, it, it wasn't completely dominated by the Big Ten the way you might have, have thought. It was 8-6, and a couple of the games, uh, Virginia's and Pitt losses come to mind, you know, were last-second games. And, and, and in a couple of other games, Georgia Tech played Wisconsin. That was a four-point game. Georgia Tech was one of the worst teams in the ACC this year. NC State was the worst team in the, in the ACC and had, uh, you know, it wasn't the ACC Big Ten Challenge, but they played Purdue and had them beat um, – inside of 60 seconds until they collapse down the stretch. So it makes me wonder if a couple games had gone a little bit differently down the stretch, you know, how that would have had a change of the perception, but it was no question at that time, you know, it, it was not a vintage ACC year, but I, I think just like Will said, the, the future of the ACC, it looks really good. I mean, Krzyzewski was going to retire this year, but John Shire looks perfectly equipped to lead uh, Duke into the next, uh, you know, couple decades or however long he's there. And they have a, you know, by uh, recruiting services, have the number one or number two ranked class coming in for next year. North Carolina has a really good class coming in. Um, Miami, uh, I think I saw today, they had four, uh, three or four, four-star players coming in. Florida State's got a good class coming in. Virginia's got a good class coming in. You know Tony Bennett is far too good of coach uh, to think that Virginia is 
going to, you know, completely back up. You know, I think what we saw this year was a one-off year where they didn't have shooters on their team and, and Bennett still managed to win uh, 21 games with that team, beat Providence, beat Duke. Um, you give him a, a quality three-point shooter on that team, and they're going to be back in the NCAA tournament, probably back in the top 20. So I think Virginia is going to be fine. You know Florida State um, is in great position with Leonard Hamilton. I mean, they were arguably the the ACC's best team, even, even ahead of Duke. Uh, when they were healthy. Now, I mean, I think Duke had the highest ceiling. Of course, they're the most talented. But, you know, when Florida State was healthy, you know, they were one of the two or three best teams in the ACC. You know, they get back to being healthy the way Hamilton recruits. They're again, they're going to be right back in the mix. I think Louisville, with with the hire of uh, of, of Kenny Payne, uh, is going to, you know, they're going to write that ship from the Chris Mack era. There, there's no way that Louisville... You know, it's going to be a, a, a second division team in the ACC. They've got too much tradition. Uh, you know, it's a basketball, you know, mecca in, in, in Kentucky. I mean, they're going to be, you know, an NCAA tournament quality team. And we saw Virginia Tech, you know, ACC tournament champions with Mike Young. He's He's got wins over Tom Izzo and Mike Krzyzewski and Tony Bennett. Um Correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't he beat Villanova? Yeah, he's Jay got. Wright. I know he's got four top ten. Jay Wright. I mean, I think Virginia Tech is going to be is in a good place. So I, I look at the ACC, you know, over the next several years, you know, kind of assuming it's it's spot back up at the top of college basketball, not just in March, but over the course of the entire year. We, you know, we're talking, you know, getting back to where it's an eight nine bid lead, having four or five you know, six ranked teams at a time. Um, you know, if you, if you didn't get the ACC in the, in the last couple years, uh, I don't think you, you know, you're, you're not going to get them in the next few years. I think the ACC will be back and in, in a down year, you may not get them this year because either Duke or North Carolina is going to be, you know, in the NCAA champion uh, in the NCAA championship game. So I, I think the future is, is really bright for, for ACC basketball. I, I think, football is in a pretty good position too. I mean, you got the juggernaut of, of the SEC and, and, you know, their gigantic athlete athletic budgets and, you know, the recruiting that goes on there. But, you know, I think there's an opportunity for the ACC to be a good football league as well. But, um, you know, that's one thing when they talk about the ACC, you know, wanting to be a football conference, you know, I don't want them to lose their identity as, as the premier basketball conference in the, in the country. Cause I mean, over the last three weeks, the, the talk of the tournament outside of, you know, St. Peter's was the performance of the ACC. And it, it was kind of a throwback of what we're used to, uh, what we're used to seeing. So, you know, a lot of fun, um, a lot of fun for the tournament. Duke, North Carolina, I think they called it the biggest Final Four matchup since Burden, Magic in, in, in 79. That game's, I think you'll see when it's all said and done, that game is going to draw higher ratings than, uh, than the college football semifinal playoff games. Uh, and I think it was Duke and Michigan State drew 11 million viewers. That was for a second-round game, and I think the college football playoffs were somewhere around 15, 16 million. Um, Duke, North Carolina is going to draw massive, massive ratings. <laughs> okay, I'm just going to add something here real quickly here. Um, 
You know, guys, we've been through a pandemic for two years, basically a bit over, two, you know, probably a little over two years now, just a little bit over two years. And uh, I just saw something here about China beginning a lockdown of its largest city, Shanghai, to begin mass testing of its population of 26 million. And that 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 rarely happens that you see like a a public omission like that from China. They never do. They really never do that. So that kind of tells you about the severity of a variant that's gone kind of going around the world right now for COVID-19. That's the first thing I want to make sure people know that because that's pretty, that's pretty significant when China discloses something like that. Second, I mean, there's some, you've seen a there's a variant going on right now in Germany and the UK, <coughs> the UK, it usually hits people, it hit, hits the country here in the United States two or three weeks later, and you see a rise in cases, and then sometimes it happens again later in the summer. I just kind of remind people to be vigilant about, about, you know, that we're still in a pandemic, that you should get vaccinated, that sort that that sort of thing. You should try to, you know, try to try to do things safe. You can still live your life the way, way you are. We know people are going back to normal life and working and going to restaurants and shopping and all those things and to tourism and all those things that you do that you do. But if you think you're in a, in a spot where you could have a lot of crowd, crowded people and that sort of thing, just make sure that you take extra precautions because I was shocked myself to see that, that announcement from China today. So that's kind of, that's kind of significant. We don't usually see that sort of, disclosure from from a communist level a communist level government that's pretty tight on putting information out the door so stay safe everyone will thank you so much for coming on the all sports discussion acc podcast we can't wait to have you come back on when we discuss the preview of the 22 20 22 excuse me university of virginia football team yeah, I appreciate you guys having me on. It's always been a blast. And, yeah, I look forward to uh, coming back on again in a couple months to do this all over again. Have a great week, guys. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Later.